Hi, I'm Connor Byrne, and this is That's What I Call Marketing, the podcast where you'll hear from the leading lights in the marketing world and listen to their unique insights. Today, I am joined by Brooke Janosek, the Grow CMO. If you are a marketer or a business leader, you are going to be hearing a lot of the term fractional CMO at the moment. So I want to talk to someone who's been doing this work for some time to really explain what it all means. So I asked Brooke, who's been a fractional CMO for the past 18 months to come and explain the whole concept to us. This is not new for that's what I call marketing. We are providing fractional marketing leadership service to a number of clients. So do get in touch and see how we might be able to help you or your business in some of the ways mentioned in today's podcast. Check out that's what I call marketing.com for more information. And before we get into today's episode, just a reminder to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are getting your episodes and to get a notification of when our next episode drops or visit that's what I call marketing.com. So let's get right into today's episode. What is fractional CMO? Thanks a million for joining me on That's What I Call Marketing. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Right. I know you're currently West Coast, early for you. You're, you've had the coffee. I've had the coffee. I've had the workout. We're ready to go. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, at the moment, it's we're, we're experiencing a, a sort of a mini heat wave here, and it's about like 26 degrees centigrade, which is probably like just winter for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's yes. melting. Uh, but anyway, yes. anyway, well, it's great to have you on because I know we want to talk and I want to talk to you about a fractional CMO. And I was reading recently at Marketing Week, they've, they've written an article about it and they had a headline, which was, if you do a quick search, it's quick, you know, crude, I think, a quick search on LinkedIn, but you find over nearly 300,000 results for um, fractional CMO and then over 325,000 for CMO. So it's certainly become something that's really emerged and become quite new. And I think over here, maybe it's, even newer as as a as a as a thing. So let's get straight into it. For anyone listening, what is a fractional CMO? Well, a fractional CMO is an executive in the marketing space that you can hire for a fraction of the cost and just for like a small amount of time. So it's really you're getting the best of both worlds if you are hiring a fractional CMO because you don't have to pay the benefits and the salary that comes with a full-time CMO. So you can just carve out a smaller budget and then ask for a fraction of the time. So usually we uh, have maybe two to three clients that we can handle at once and maybe 20 hours a week that we give to a client. So, so many questions in here. We, yes. get, we try to get to as many as we can. But I, I, first of all, as I think about it, like why and how is it different to a consultant, a marketing consultant that you might bring in? You know, it's interesting. And I joke when I tell people about this, that I think a marketer came up with the term fractional CMO, because honestly, I feel like we are one and the same. It's just a different okay. way of positioning ourselves. However, I will say, if you're going to hire a marketing consultant, you might get a wide range of expertise. But if you're going to hire a fractional CMO, you should have the confidence and you should ask the questions to believe that they do have the decades-long experience that comes with the CMO title. So if I were to go out and look for a job right now, I am seeking a CMO title because I have the years of experience, the breadth and depth of um, expertise. But I feel like a marketing consultant could really niche down 
into maybe a marketing consultant for social media or for digital media. Um, whereas the fractional CMO really comes with more of that executive expertise. Great. Uh, that's, that's really helpful kind of d distinction. And I think it's maybe also would it be fair to say that sometimes consultants can be consultants, like they may never have called it real world experience. That's not a negative thing. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but right. their experience is in consulting and, and that, that's what they do. Yes. And for, for me, and a lot of fractional CMOs will really diversify based on industry or maybe what they're offering. For me, I offer a lot of the strategy. So I won't do a lot of the execution. I'm not hired to do that. I trust that you either have somebody on staff already that can do the execution, or if you want me to identify somebody that can do that for you as well. So for example, I get hired a lot to do go-to-market strategy. So okay. I will come up with the entire strategy of how we're going to go to market, but then I will go out and find an agency to do the paid digital um, marketing or to do the social execution. Okay, that probably brings us on to um, a question around what, like, what are the types of organizations that would benefit from a fractional CMO? Yeah, so... Right now, a majority of my client base are startups. So it's a really good avenue for startups because if you're self-funded or maybe you're only a Series A or even a VC-backed startup, you only have a finite amount of money and you're not able to have full-time staff members yet. Again, like I said, in the States with all the benefits, the healthcare, the 401k, things like that. So for startups, it's really advantageous because you do need marketing straight out of the gate. Of course, we need to let people know who we are. And so hiring someone like me um, for about 20 hours a week does get you what you need. Now, however, I've also worked with very established brands. And okay. in those scenarios, they may have a mid-level marketer that's running the team, but they're also looking to have more of a strategic leader come in and perhaps guide them, um, help coach them to the next level. So there's a lot of engagements like that where I'll come in and be the very high level strategy and then guide that mid-level marketing manager to the execution. And I, it's, I immediately can see a real benefit to that where, you know, sometimes you can see in organizations that are growing and scaling that they need that, that next level of, of expertise. And, and what can sometimes happen is there's someone who's there who's really competent, but may not have that expertise. And sometimes they can get hired over. So they have the ability, they just need the help and actually yes. they can transform into that role and become a CMO. But mm -hmm. I, you, know, you definitely see it sometimes with people like there's that person at that level and then all of a sudden someone comes in over them and then they leave and you kind of have that friction almost and people leave. So yes. that's a real benefit, I think. It is. And that is one of my favorite engagements I have right now is coaching uh, to mid-level marketers and just providing that expertise of hey, been there, done that. Let me tell you what I've learned from it. And here's the things that I see. And um, that's been really rewarding for me as well. And one other, um, just for people listening, one other uh, type of scenario is for maternity or paternity leave coverage. Right. So a fractional CMO could come in for the three to six months that that individual is gone and keep the wheels on the bus, as I like to say, with no threat to <laughs> the person that's out taking care of number one. Um, their new family member, and then they can come back and have confidence that everything, you know, continue to stay on track. So that's another scenario that fractional CMOs can flex in. And that seems maybe a little bit, maybe 
different slightly because it's a longer term. I mean, you see mm-hmm. that, that there's a mix of it's, we need someone in for 12 weeks and then it's a longer term. Is it, is it very mixed and varied like that? It is. I will say for me personally, I am trying to get to engagements where it's more six months or longer because really, you want you want to affect change and you can't really affect change in a four week engagement unless yeah. it's just something, you know, they say, hey, we just need a content strategy. Can you write this? And I've done those and those are just projects that I take on. But I really like to get in, roll up my sleeves, understand the business, the direction the business is heading. So I can steer the marketing strategy for them. And so that, to me, takes longer than a three-month engagement. That's quite interesting because I think my perception of it has been, and I've spoken to some people about this, has been it's more the optimization of it, like get the projects, you get in, you get out, you're three months, and and that's kind of the, it kind of a maybe rinse and repeat to some degree. Mm -hmm. but, But for you, you're, are you seeing that more in the kind of, the fractional CMO community that's leaning yes. in towards that? Yes, I think we all are trying to get the longer engagements because, again, at the end of the day, it's our name, our reputation on the line. And in order to make a difference or move the needle for that organization, we need a little bit of time to uh, get some things done. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take a year, but any you know CMO worth their salt knows the first ninety days is just yeah. you drinking from a fire hose, getting caught up and understanding the nuances of the business. So that that would be my minimum that I would recommend. And if you're looking to hire a fractional CMO, think about that as well. Right. Okay. Which is a slightly, you know, it is a reasonable commitment from an organization to make. And yes. when you, you know, when you thinking and working with organizations, what are the things that you think? A fractional CMO should be doing? And then maybe alongside that, what are things where you think, actually, this is not for a fractional CMO? That is a great question. I will tell you a lot of times when companies come to me, they they don't know what they don't know yet, or they don't know what they necessarily need. They just come to me with a problem okay. and they'll say, marketing's not working, or we're not getting sales, or sales are flat. They're usually describing a problem and they haven't figured out what the symptoms are. And so I think fractional CMOs have the background, the expertise to come in and look at the business from a strategic perspective and say, okay, here are your business goals. Here's where you want to get by the end of the quarter, the year, whatever. Here's how marketing can help you do that and really start, you know, looking at the strategy, influencing the strategy and making sure the owned, the earned, and the paid media all are working together um, if that is what, you know, needs to be fixed. Yeah. It's um, it's not a rinse and repeat or a, I guess I don't offer an off-the-shelf thing because I like to understand the business and knowing everyone is nuanced and have their own challenges. Um, a fractional CMO probably, again, you're probably going to be paying too much if you want somebody to come in and maybe do a social strategy or um, something like that. Again, not to discredit any of that. I just think you can go hire somebody that's doing freelance social yeah, yeah. execution or things like that. You want the fractional CMO to look at the PL, to understand that, to guide the strategy, to do budget management, to do vendor management, identify KPIs, hold your vendors accountable. Those are the types of things that and I when, think is most effective. And the engagements that you're, you're finding, sorry, no, this is all, I'm like, I, it's like me asking you tons of questions, but it's, it, I think I it's really it. yeah. interesting for people to kind of understand something that's so new, you know, where your engagements are coming from. Are they from the CEOs kind of coming 
to you saying we're there's a problem? Yes, that you know, you're asking this question at such a pivotal time in my career and as my trajectory as my business grows, because I'm really starting to hone in on who I should be targeting. And it really is the CEOs. I'm finding the CEOs, sometimes even COOs, are the ones that recognize there is something amiss in the the business. And maybe there's not marketing and sales alignment. Um, but the CEO has also been somebody that has been um, coming forth to me. And the other thing that's really interesting and what is happening in the States is there's a lot of fractional CMOs. We're coming together to almost form these cohorts. Yes. And so with other fractional CMOs, but then also other fractional CFOs, COOs, so we can almost come into an organization and say, look, you have a bench of executives in all of these disciplines that can help you in your business. So that has been a really good referral base as well. Yeah, I, I, that is really interesting. I've, I've talked to some of my former colleagues about almost the fractional marketing leadership almost as a, as a thing, because there's, I think there's a lot of expertise out there and it's kind of a different way of, of leveraging that, as you say, versus kind of having to have heavy and hefty, you know, monthly payroll bills, right? It's still a cause, right. but, it, you know, you're getting... How do you, how do you manage in terms of, of outputs? Because again, if you're doing CEO, CEO, and it's a six to 12 month engagement, what are the kind of outputs that you agree with them upfront that they can kind of at least know, right, where this is value for our money? Cause that seems like mm -hmm. to me a, a big part of this. Mm -hmm. I like to say, and, and any CEO that's looking for a fractional CMO, you're looking for somebody at the enterprise level that is a leader. And I tell people, I am a leader with the expertise and the discipline of marketing. And so the output that I'm going to provide to you is the leadership um, looking through the marketing lens. So I can look at the entire business and say, here's where marketing intersects with product. Here's where marketing intersects with sales. Here's where we need to perhaps uh, tighten things up or create new processes. My outputs include strategic plans. So again, it, it really depends on what their need is. If they're saying they're experiencing flat sales, I'll come in and say, okay, let me evaluate what's happening between marketing and sales. What are, is our messaging? What are, you know, the channels that we're in? And also probably do a little bit of research to determine, okay, is the message landing? What's happening that people maybe aren't understanding or why aren't they converting? Um, so it's funny because I have a hard time convincing CEOs because there's not like one real, like, here's your report. It's it, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm providing you advice. I'm observing things. I'm giving you, you know, what I've seen and where I see that we can identify opportunities to improve. But for me to say, here's your, you know, social strategy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not really what the output is. Yeah. I, that's, a, you know, again, for me, I, I can imagine that because, you know, you bring in a, a consultancy to look at your headcount and, you know, they'll come back after eight weeks and they'll say, you know, data point, data point, big report, summarize, you know, and it, you know, you know what you're getting. So is that a, how are you overcoming that? I mean, is it, I guess the relationships are a key part. Yes. The relationships are a key part. I am very active on LinkedIn. And so I try and put my point of view out there on, customer insights, building your brand, things like that, that are a little bit more of the intangibles. And even when I was in corporate America, had 
a challenge convincing CEOs that we know we need to we need to focus on brand just as much as the performance side yeah. of marketing. So it's a lot of, you know, building the trust, uh, showing case studies of where my work has actually, you know, produced the results they're looking for, because ultimately marketers do have KPIs. You know, we want we want to be measured on and we should be measured on return on ad spend or the cost per acquisition. I mean, whatever those main KPIs are, I start out the engagement saying, we need to get on the same page. What does success look like for you? And how are you going to measure that? So I know what I need to produce for you. So we can still point to some numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it it sounds like it's just the forever challenge of marketing in in many ways. And it's just a new audience that are are probably finding. Like I've talked to some some people, you know, in in both Ireland and and the UK and and Australia as well about, you know, like, what you're talking about kind of the maybe the startups or even some medium-sized organizations that maybe don't yet know what that they need the help right mm-hmm. and so I, i'm just curious in, in those instances are you is, is it all kind of inbound or are you kind of outreaching and you talked about kind of some of the stuff on linkedin but you know are you going to people saying look i've noticed this about your you know what you're doing and and i think i can help or is it very much kind of inbound it's for me, it's been very much inbound. So I have, you know, 25 years almost um, in the industry. And so between ad agencies and working um, in house for corporations, I've built quite the network. So that has been yes. nice for me. Um, but for people that are thinking about going, you know, doing this on their own, um, you know, that could be one tactic from an outbound perspective. But I think just first and foremost, looking at your network um, and, the market is flooded, I will say right now with yeah. um, executives looking to do, you know, getting into this space because there's been a lot of layoffs in major corporations and they're not laying off the junior people. They're laying off the senior executives. And so now we're in these, you know, same pools of uh, other executives that yeah. are looking to provide their expertise. And again, like I said, it's the leadership. You are looking for a leader with the marketing expertise who can come in and you know, look at the business from a 360 view and say, this is how marketing is going to move us forward. Yeah, it's a, it is a certain different skill set. Is it a good thing that we're seeing? Sorry, not obviously like any sort of redundancies, but like that mm-hmm. level of expertise in the marketplace. Like, do you think this is a like a, a here to stay thing for organizations? I do. I, um, to be honest, I believe the fractional CFO was kind of the first foray into this whole market. Um, And that my first experience with that was with a uh, investor. So a lot of investors or private equity firms will say, here's our person. Here's our CFO that we want to put into your organization to make sure that we're getting the, you know, return on our spend. And so that's been around for a long time. And I think now it's just extending to these other disciplines and people are seeing, I can work from anywhere. I can leverage my expertise across across a wide range of industries, why wouldn't I try this on my own and just see where it goes? I will say it's not for the faint of heart because there's a lot of roller coaster of yeah. emotions, yeah. you know, thinking about where your business is coming from. And then, you know, if you look at your pipeline, it, you know, you start feeling nervous. So there is, I don't want to paint this rosy picture for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I want to be real. Yeah. And it's almost like being in, you mentioned you were in agencies and it's like that, that roller coaster, but on your own. Absolutely. A hundred percent. 
That's exactly the benefit, what it is. The benefit of it as well is you probably get, you do get to work on diverse sort of projects. And is there kind of certain areas that you lean more into? Like, are you more interested in certain industries or verticals or sectors? Because some areas are very kind of, oh, we need someone who's had experience in medical supplies or stuff like that. Right. I have seen a lot of people, and this is, um, again, I think there's plenty of business to go around. So I never yeah. get concerned that there's new, excuse my dog. <laughs> there's never a lot of um, too much competition. And I've seen people niche down in the industry. So saying that they're a fractional CMO just for franchising or just for fintech. Uh, what I am finding where my passion has really started to grow and where I really feel on fire is working with startups. Uh, because I love developing brands. I love the very beginning of creating the foundation of a business and saying, how are we going to go to market? How are we going to sound? What are we going to look like? What are we going to say? And that for me is where I'm starting to really focus in on. Um, but now I have a startup in the fintech space. I have a startup in the pet uh, industry. Okay. And then I have a startup in the hospitality industry. So yes, I'm going across you know, these different verticals, but I'm really starting to niche down in the startup space. But I guess like, you know, what's interesting with that, as you say, like that's, you know, creating like to simplify the story of that brand going forward. And, you know, by the good stuff, by speaking to customers, you know, and getting to insights and getting to really good strategy. For me, I, I, I have quite a strong view, I think that, and um, I don't think it matters. I think if you're expert, if you're an expert in the field of marketing and you're curious enough, you should be able to dig deep and find those things that are going to matter. I a hundred percent agree. And it's interesting because I've overcome this in interviews before for, uh, roles where they say, oh, we're really looking for somebody with coffee experience, or we're looking for some, and it's like, no, like a consumer is a consumer. And we, you know, figure out the insights and what makes them tick the same way, regardless if they're buying a cup of coffee or a lawnmower or, <laughs> uh, you know, something else. So uh, there have been times where I've been very successful and convincing. And then there have been times where people say, nope, that, you know, we absolutely need CPG experience and we're not moving forward. So um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, like, oh, that's part of it as well. That's, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> How have... Uh, for organizations that may, may be listening who are kind of, this is interesting, we, we, we might go down this route. How do they manage the fractional CMO, right? Because again, you know, I think the way you're talking about is slightly longer term, so it becomes slightly different, but do they incorporate them fully into the organization, part of all the leadership team meetings? You know, are they doing the one-to-ones with the CEO? I'd love to get kind of your expert view on, on how organizations should manage that relationship. Yeah, I think it's going to be up to what they, their level of comfort and how much they want to share and open up, you know, the, you know, give them a peek behind the curtain. For me, I want to be integrated into the business because that's the best way I'm going to be effective. So I want to be in the leadership meeting. I want to have one-on-ones with the CEO. So I understand that I'm continuing to hit the mark and driving the business forward from a marketing perspective. Now there is they may decide, you know what, I just need you to focus in on this one go-to-market strategy. I don't need you in all of these meetings, and that's fine. Um, but I think it really is up to them what they decide. And if they have marketing members on their team already, 
they may say, Brooke, we need you to guide them. And so I want you to have a team meeting with them instead right. of going to this meeting. So um, I have done everything from being fully integrated where I'm in their leadership meetings to all I'm doing is just guiding the, the marketing team. Do you have a preference for it? Do you find one harder than the other or one more time consuming? Yeah, it, from me, for me, I'm going to put on a different hat now for those listening that want to potentially start this. You have to really set boundaries and decide, okay, can I handle being in an executive meeting for three clients, you know, the whole week? Because then when am I going to get my work done? So you kind of have to think about that. My preference is, yes, I want to, if I have a responsibility to deliver on certain KPIs, I need to understand what else is going on in the yeah. business. I can't operate in a silo. So I want to be part of that. So that is my preference. Yeah, I not doing it, but I would be the same. I think it's almost like, again, if we go back to the agency experience when, you know, when agencies are kind of left on the outside as opposed to trying to bring them in really close, it just doesn't work as well because it's more transactional then. Right, right. And I want to feel part of the team. Now, there are some people that operate from a different school of thought and they say, no, I am just here to execute these projects. And that's fine. That's, that is up to each individual fractional CMO how they want to run their business yeah. and integrate with a client. Yeah. And the space for, the, you know, there seems to be space for both and people are going to need yeah. certain things and they'll find the right fractional CMO that, that meets their, their needs. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I guess like with it, what are the risks? What are the risks for an organization with bringing in a fractional CMO? Yeah, I... I see the the risks being, okay, we only need you for three, you know, three months and then they're out and then you never talk to me again. And, you know, you don't really gain the momentum yeah. of moving things forward. But honestly, the the upside is so much more. It's you're getting executive level thinking and you're not paying the full-time benefits. Yeah. Um, for me, as for the individual... The, for me, the advantages are I get a variety of clients and I feel, you know, that I'm moving a variety of businesses forward, but also it's an on-the-job interview for both parties. So I've been offered several jobs from my clients okay. and it's like, yeah. And it's like, gosh, I'm very flattered, but I've seen the inner workings of your business <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not interested. And you don't get that purview as a, you know, an interviewee. Yeah. Um, and then other times, you know, it's like, wow, this is pretty exciting, but let's keep, you know, doing what we're doing. I'm not ready to commit fully yet. Um, so I don't see very many risks. Maybe okay. I'm being naive to that, but um, I'm sure a CEO could probably come up with some risks. Well, I guess, you know, one of them might be like, okay, the cost is a different cost, but it is, you know, it isn't a cheap expense. So if you're a startup, you know, how are you, you know, to manage that cost and make sure you are getting mm -hmm. a really good output. And if you don't know enough about marketing, like if you were a product-led founder, like that to me seemed like a potential risk. Yeah. And I will say that is an excellent point. I, I will say one of the founders I work with is very hands-on and rightfully so because he is self-funded. And so he does want to make sure that his return on his investment is proving out to be a, a worthy one. Um, so that, um, is something that, you know, as a fractional CMO, I have navigated with the level of input because I'm also used to being in corporations where the CEO is pretty hands-off and you meet with them 
once a week and you, you know, say, yep, things are going well, and then you move on. So um, that's been a little different. And that's what I was going to ask, because I think what's interesting is you must be learning a ton of different things that you probably haven't had the opportunity to learn before about, but industries, but like even just working with different types of people. And has that been just a, an awakening or like refreshing? It's been refreshing. It takes me back to my agency days, to be honest. So it's probably been 10 years since I've been at an agency. And so it's very similar um, with learning different things, different work styles. Um, At a brand, I was super focused on just that one thing. And I got really into the weeds of, you know, performance marketing, generating leads, CPAs, all of that. And now it's like I get to kind of come back and say, I really am passionate about the brand building piece. And so I get to choose which clients I want to work with that that's their need and then say, hey, like, I know somebody that can do this piece for you. Um, so that has been uh, fun and refreshing. Yeah, I, I, I imagine so. And yeah, and again, just I think for I've, ta- I've talked to a lot of people for, for this podcast. And one of the things that comes up almost as a core competency for marketers that is never written in a job description or a competency rubric is the idea of curiosity. And I think for me, you know, if someone's thinking of this as a, as a path being a fractional CMO, if you have that innate curiosity, it sounds like, like, that, like that's the place to be because you've got that diversity. You got to learn a lot of different things. And even if you do go back, you know, if you decide to take one of these roles and, and kind of full-time CMO, you just had this range of experience that, like is going to enhance any organization, I guess. And now throughout promoting absolutely. you to full-time CMO, Brooke. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, absolutely. I've had e-commerce experience. I've been working with startups. I mean, it's just been a, a nice range of uh, things. And yeah, it's been a great resume builder. And I love the idea of curiosity. When I led a team, we had, I had this standing agenda item in our meetings called Get Curious. Okay. And I wanted every week somebody on the team to bring something new to the team that they had found or discovered. So it could have been an article. It could have been a video of something. And it didn't even have to be advertising related. It could be like, hey, look at this new video game that yeah. just came out. And the reason why I think it's cool is because of the way they animated XYZ. So it was just a way for all of us to get curious and think about things outside of the four walls that we were always working in. And that was one of my favorite things to do. And um, I will continue to do as I build teams in the future um, yeah. is to ask them to, to stay curious. Yeah, it, it, I completely agree. And also I was, I told somebody recently about it and they mentioned that um, a colleague of theirs used to go into the airport and um, like when they were, when they were traveling and get like 20 magazines about the most random topics. I was like, why are you doing this? Like, well, because I don't know anything about these things. And if I immerse myself in just different things during this plane journey, I might discover something I never knew and can use that as a, as just an insight. Isn't it just different? That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so clever. And, um, quite just on that topic of curiosity and that kind of get curious, I love that is how do you balance that with not getting distracted by every new shiny thing that comes along? Yeah, that that's a really good question. And I think as marketers, we have a responsibility to stay up on the latest and greatest. So we, because 
our clients are going to come to us and ask us for our opinion. What do you think about chat GPT? What do you think about X, Y, Z? And so we do have a responsibility to stay curious, but then we also have a responsibility to make sure that we keep our clients <laughs> focused on the end goal. And if using TikTok, for example, is not going to move the needle for them, then I'm going to say that's a distraction. We need to keep focusing on what's going to move the needle. So I think there is that balance. And again, I, I feel like this is my cop-out answer, but it's not. It's like it really depends on the situation. So I um, always would advise clients to say, okay, if we're going to set a budget for the year, 70% of our budget should go to things that we know have worked for us in the past. And we have data to prove, okay, yeah. that worked for us. And then let's put 20% aside to test things. Because at the end of the day, business and marketing is a data experiment. Put something yeah. out there and see how it, how, you know, it works. Either way, you're going to have data. And then 10% just save for contingency. So yeah. if a client says, hey, we have to be on TikTok, I'm going to go, okay, let's figure out if this is going to move the needle. You know, is this going to help us from a brand perspective? Is our audience even there? All of those questions, I think, is the responsibility of the CMO to help guide oh, the answers. Completely. I don't know if you, you may know um, CMO of Miro, Paul Darcy, and I worked uh, for team uh, when I was at Indeed with him, and he set up as a experimentation team. And it was exactly that. He goes, like, we test loads of the things, like test a ton of things, and everyone's great at testing. But I want one group of people to just constantly test and try just different things. Are the things that we're doing that we could kind of uncover and scale and, and, and just do it across all market. And like we had absolute permission to fail, which I think is a very important part of that as well as like, but knowing why it didn't work. Like he didn't exactly. care if it didn't work. He was like, just, I need to know like why. Exactly. That's the whole, that's the beauty of it is no matter what you're getting data okay, it didn't work. So then why didn't it work? So we can fix it to make it work or it goes amazing. And then it's like, okay, what about that work? I want to do more of that. So I love, that's the, the exciting part to me of marketing is all of the experimentation you get to do. Yeah. And it's getting, I think you're like hundred percent right. Getting the balance right, knowing the things that work. And then actually one of those experiments can then go back into the 70% budget that you have. And you're like, yes. You know, you put it on fire and just, you know, you dial it up, dial it down as you need it. I think it's a, it's a great, are you able to bring that into some of the organizations you're working with currently? Are you, are you seeing that ability to make that kind of stuff happen? Yeah, I think um, we get to do, especially with um, some of my startup clients, they're a little uh, more hesitant to put a lot of money into things. And so we do very small micro tests, like we'll just test something on social and see you know, put a couple hundred bucks behind it and see how people react. Um, there's even, I, I talk about this a lot on uh, LinkedIn, but just doing quick surveys of our customers, they don't have to be these, you know, $30,000 hire a marketing research firm. Like, let's just ask one question over email and, you know, or do a poll on LinkedIn. That is such yeah. a great way for a brand to get insights for nothing. Yeah. And polls get really good engagement. So we do kind of scrappy things like that to, to get the data. Um, I haven't had anybody yet say, here's a million dollars, go test X, Y, Z, but um, which would probably make me super nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I want, I want to have some data before we're going to go to market uh, with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, then it, yeah. Data, data definitely helps. How are you managing and um, 
culture than in, in the organizations that you're you're in? Because obviously somebody's coming in, there's a, a different shift in dynamic, and you may notice then that there's a a need to shift the culture or some of the behaviors or ambition of the team. How are you going about making that happen? Because that's quite a could be a disruption and transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's an, an a difficult position to be in because you are still viewed as an outside consultant, regardless of yeah. I'm a fractional CMO or Brooke's got 20 years experience. You're still viewed as an outsider that's not in the office physically. And so you do have to work extra hard to to build that trust and to provide a safe environment where it's okay to fail. It's okay to ask questions. Um, it, I treat it just like I would any internal team that I've managed before yeah. and making sure that I earn their trust right away and get some quick wins under the belt um, just to, you know, build the confidence of the team. And I do a lot of, um, especially with the, the two young women I'm mentoring right now, sending them newsletters and saying, hey, I, I thought of you when I saw this. This is something that you should read. We'll talk about it in our next meeting. And again, I don't treat it like I'm an outsider. I, I just embrace that like, hey, I'm part of the team now and yeah. you can ask me anything. Yeah. And ha- so are there any other kind of like, I think building trust, particularly in, I know we're kind of moving away from the fully remote, but into higher, but, but you know, there's, there's still the, the massive remote element for a lot of people's work nowadays. Like are there any things you find really good in terms of building that, that trust early? I mean, it, I love that example of just sending people stuff and, hey, I think yeah. I thought of you. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also like to understand a little bit more about how that person ticks. And so I ask a couple of questions like, hey, do you want me to to email you? Do you want me to Slack you? Do you want me to call you? So what are the okay. three ways that you want to be communicated with? And then do you like small talk? Like, should we have a little bit of banter before we get in? Or do you just want to dive right in? So I really try and understand. And by asking those questions, it goes all the way back full circle to being curious. I'm seeking to understand them first before I come in and say, hey, I'm going to make all these changes because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to help everybody move forward. And also, I want to disarm them that I'm not after their job. I'm here to help them. I want to make them look better. And I want this organization to succeed because ultimately it's my name on the, the line. And if I am good, you know, if I do a good thing for the company and I move them forward, they're going to recommend me in the future. So Really seeking to understand them first as a person, I think, is key in building trust in any relationship. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I had the same conversation with somebody yesterday about exactly that. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's so true. And I look, I'll be honest, I, I, and I'm really curious and interested and I like people, but like, you know, I think when I first got into senior positions, I had, I felt I needed a persona, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, it just didn't, didn't work. It yeah. was like, I had to kind of go, oh, just, be yourself, be just authentic. Be yourself. Yeah. And that might, for some people, as you say, it's like, I just want to get straight in to the detail and, you know, mm-hmm. we get to the small talk at the end. Like it's, it's just understanding that is sense easy and simple, but you have to kind of mm-hmm. be mindful of it. Yeah. And I even like to just ask, what do they do outside of work? I mean, before I even dive into what, okay, tell me what you do day to day here. It's like, tell me about your family life. Tell me about what you do for fun, just so I can see if I can find some common ground. And then the next time we talk, I can ask them about that. Have you played soccer this weekend? Or did you take your kids to the park? Those types of things, again, um, may seem trivial, but they go a long way in forming a relationship. 
100%. I think when you've seen it, also seen people do it badly as well, that you're kind of going, oh, mm-hmm. I, I was probably that person once. But um, yeah. I want to ask you a few more questions. How do you manage your time, Brooke, with so much going on and your, you know, <laughs> hat one that you have to, how do you go, how do you do it? Well, that, that's part of the roller coaster. Um, it is, yes, it is very difficult sometimes. And I sometimes think, oh my gosh, did I, you know, take on more than I should have. But um, as an entrepreneur, I've been doing this about 18 months now. I have learned a lot of lessons along the way. And as I like to joke, I am building this plane as I'm flying it. So I'll be like, oh, okay, I can't, that's my max is three clients, no more than that. And I know that now, or um, I know how to sub things out if I need to. Um, But from a managed, like very tactical time management perspective, I block out my calendar. So for me, Mondays, I have to get stuff done. it's, It's a way for me to kind of get ready for the week, get things, you know, some of my deliverables done. And then Tuesday afternoons, I always take networking or new business calls. I have a lot of people that just want to, you know, pick my brain about being an entrepreneur um, or just want to ask some advice. And then the rest of the time I have allocated to clients. So I think time allocation or block scheduling is really, really important. And then having, you know, some sort of system like, a, I don't know, I use notes on my phone, but it's just having something that works for you. Um, is helpful. But then there are days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I committed to this. And I, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah, um, some days I wonder how I get it all done. And you, have you, you haven't done, uh, you know, say the, say the wrong thing to the wrong client and that like, now I'm talking about pet food. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) I haven't done that yet. (laughs) I'm sure there's time. There's time for that. (laughs) Um, just talk about that kind of uh, building uh, the plane as you're flying it. And we talked a bit about like through this of if someone listening here is, is thinking of this is a good path for me, fractional CMO, what tips would you give somebody? Like what are the one or two things you'd say to somebody to really think about, maybe consider? Mm-hmm. Uh, think about your level, your risk tolerance level. So for me, I am a single woman. So this is I don't have anybody else to rely on from an income standpoint. And so if that scares you, if you think, oh, my gosh, you know, I have to eat what I kill, essentially, um, then, you know, think think long and hard about that. Um, But if that's kind of exciting to you and you kind of like the thrill of the hunt, then you you will enjoy this part of it. Um, You you learn to uh, really get a nice tight group of trusted advisors and you know from a practical standpoint right away i hired a bookkeeper i don't want to keep track of my books like that is something that you know you may want to to seek out but then also get a couple trusted advisors um, people that are also in your space that you can bounce ideas off of because it can be lonely because you no longer have you know a team around you or or peers around you now you have to go out and find people and say hey can you look at this proposal before i send it out i just want to make sure that you know i've addressed the questions does this make sense and i'm very fortunate that i found a, a group of other fractional cmos that i can do that with that's yeah that is amazing that that piece i think is is you know really thinking about who your kind of your extended marketing leadership team or you know board yes. can be is 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 great and then for any organizations, maybe thinking like small, medium organizations that are thinking, 
I didn't think we needed this, but I think we might need a fractional CMO. What are the one or two things you'd say to them to consider about how they go looking for a fractional CMO? Yeah, I think, again, making sure that they really do have the years of experience that can, that deems them worthy of that leadership type level and un- making sure that they also understand business from a just a pure and simple business perspective, because marketing is a revenue generator, is a revenue driver of the organization. And so you want to make sure that whomever you hire um, into your organization understands at the end of the day, you you know, you're there to make money or you're there to sell a product or a rigid or a service. So making sure that they have an, an understanding and they have the expertise to, to really do that. And just, I also think it's a chemistry thing. So don't just hire them after one meeting. I think have several, um, pay attention to the questions that that fractional CMO is asking you about your business. Are they truly curious about the business? Are they asking questions that make you believe they understand. Um, and, you know, have a couple meetings because you want to make sure if you're going to bring somebody into your organization that you're going to jive well with them. Great. Brilliant. Um, my last question was, obviously, you mentioned you're working with a, a pet, pet pet food or pet brand. Um, it's a, yes, it's pet transportation. It's Uber for yeah. pets, essentially. Stop. Oh, wow. Because I obviously we heard a little bit of your dog and I was like, yes. I'm so curious. Is it because you had the pet lover in you and you were like, I'm drawn to this? Yes, I used to be. Yeah, I was a consumer of the product. And then uh, wow. the founder yeah, said, hey, I see you're out on your own. Would you want to work with me? So we're right now just in the States, but we offer pet only rides to and from appointments like the groomer, boarding, daycare or the vet. That is phenomenal. I was mm-hmm. just, yeah. Do <laughs> you know, and that's the amazing thing, like, you know, the ideas that people have and can make yes. them happen and then being able to be part of that journey and and seeing them thrive and get to the point where they can bring in, you know, their full marketing team or whatever is, is amazing. Yes. Brooke, listen, thank you so much for your time today. It was a real pleasure. You know, I know we we connected over LinkedIn and, you know, really I was so keen to dig into this topic more with you as, as one of the ones who's been doing it for for a while, as it's a new enough trend. So really appreciate your insight into uh, what is a fractional CMO. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a great discussion. Thanks a million. Bye. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Brooke and it helped you understand what a fractional CMO is, when it should be used and some of the benefits. And if you know people who aren't in marketing, but you think benefit from a fractional CMO, business leaders, scaling enterprises, please do share this episode with them to give them a sense of what a fractional CMO is and how they can use it in their business. I really like the part where we talked about using fractional marketing leadership to help upskill organizations that have potential future leaders. And instead of hiring over them, you help upskill them and get them to that marketing leadership position. So lots of great things to take away from that episode with Brooke today. And that is it for this episode. Thanks for listening or watching. That's what I call marketing. If you did enjoy it, please do share, subscribe so you can get notifications of the next episode. Add comments, send us your feedback. You can always get in touch. Find all previous episodes on that's what I call marketing.com. Follow us on Instagram on that's what I call marketing on Twitter at that's underscore marketing. I probably should start calling it X now, but I still haven't got around to that. And now you can watch our episodes back on YouTube. That's it. You guessed it. That's what I call marketing. 
And of course, if you would like to benefit from some of the services um, we talked about today in this episode, do get in touch with us. That's what I call marketing to see how we can help. Thanks for listening until the next episode. I'm Connor Byrne. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.